I already know what you're thinking, right? You know when you walk into a restaurant, someplace you're really looking forward to eating, and you can't wait to order that thing off the menu, and you just wait for it to come, and every time the waiter walks by with your food, you say, oh, is that mine? No. Oh, is that mine? No. I know I've been keeping you guys waiting, salivating, anticipating, just on edge for episode 19 of Reteaching the Game, and I am thrilled to be back and to deliver it. What's up, everybody? As always, I am your man, Ethan Noroff. Today is episode 19, Timing on Our Terms, and I'm going to just be real with y'all for a minute. It's been a little bit of a tough transition. The school year has started up. We're getting our things together, preparing for the kids to come back. It is hot in Southern California. It is sweaty. It leaves you feeling exhausted, but you got to take care of yourself. And that's what I've been doing. And now I'm ready to rock with y'all. So on episode 19, we're going to hit a myriad of topics. We are going to talk about Jeremy Lin, right? Of course. And it's not going to be about Lin Sanity. It's going to be about a very different version of Jeremy Lin. We're going to talk about Carmelo Anthony. Is he being blackballed out of the NBA? Is he being exiled for the wrong reasons? I like what he did by taking control, taking back control of the narrative, right? We'll get into that. We're going to talk about the Draymond Green extension, and we're probably going to start there. In fact, we're definitely going to start there. Let me tell you why. Because at the time this deal was signed, I was very strong in my analysis. I was told to step back, and I'm going to keep pressing on that gas pedal. So we're definitely going to start there. To finish it off, I'm going to give you a little bit of a, uh, a mental health piece today. Because I think it's important. It feels right. It's been relevant for me. It's been relevant in the NBA. It's really relevant in society right now. Mental health and wellness. If you don't know how to take care of yourself or you're incapable of taking care of yourself, it's very, very hard to walk through life every day. So we're going to get into that. Okay. But first, I want to start with the Draymond Green extension. And I'm a little fired up about this, right? I have felt now for a long time that Draymond Green has been overplaying the underdog card. And let me explain what I mean by that. Yeah, man, we get it. We know you were a second round pick. We know nobody believed in you. We know that you came from the mud, so to speak. We get it. But that chip on your shoulder thing, it only works when you're the underdog. Draymond, you've been the favorite now for several years. Draymond, you got a handful of championship rings. Draymond, we out here every day listening to how you feel like you got something to prove. My man, what is it that you have to prove to all of us? Or is it just something that you have left to prove to yourself? Okay? Because Draymond Green was out here saying, hey, watch y'all. Just bet against me. See what happens. Draymond Green is out here saying, hey, y'all, don't worry about this. I got this. Just watch what I do. And in the moment where he could actually bet on himself. He said, you know what? I'm going to pass on that opportunity and I'm going to take my guaranteed money. And look, I'm never going to knock a guy for taking $100 million guaranteed. Okay? I'm not going to knock a guy for taking a million dollars guaranteed. Okay? Go get your money. But Draymond would have been eligible to sign a huge extension next summer. He could have signed at a bigger number. And you would think that in a year where Kevin Durant departs for Brooklyn and in a year where Klay Thompson is not going to see the court before the All-Star break at the earliest and in a year where the Warriors have had to get younger up and down the roster and in a year where Draymond Green could play a very, very big role in the Warriors' success, that that might be the appropriate time to bet on himself, right? Maybe he's worried. Maybe he's betting against injury. 
perhaps he's betting against, right? Maybe he's hedging his bet. Maybe he's saying, I'm not sure what my role is going to be. I'm not sure what that might look like. And let's see. Look, the team that was going to pay Draymond Green was always going to be the Warriors, okay? The Warriors had no intention of letting him go. And Draymond really had no intention of leaving the Warriors. So if you want to play nice and call it for what it is and say, okay, we're going to give you this extension now. We're going to take a little money off the top because we feel like, hey, man, look, we're giving you $100 million up front. Cut us a deal so we can improve the roster right in the long term okay okay fine you want me to buy into that argument i get it okay and draymond also got a 15 percent trade kicker he also got an option on the last year of his deal so he got a couple of things that his teammates who have signed max deals did not so maybe that was the give back but i just found it so interesting that for a guy who sits here and tells us bet against us we're the underdog we'll show you and several other iterations of this ideology that when it came time for him to prove himself in the limelight in a contract year that he decided to take the guaranteed money again i'm not gonna sit here and say draymond you made the wrong decision how could you take a hundred million dollars guaranteed right that's stupid okay but what i am saying is i just think it's an interesting shift from everything that he said publicly the action does not necessarily align with the words that's okay that happens in life Okay, it does. But at the same time, I just found it very interesting, especially because the extension basically came out of nowhere. There were no real reports, no real rumblings, no real this or that. It just sort of happened. Hey, man, get your money. Okay, but when people sit here on Twitter and they want to roast me, hey, man, that's a bad take. Hey, man, Draymond can only get paid by bad teams next summer anyway. That's not the point. Y'all missed the point. Okay, the point is simply that Draymond could have bet on himself and turned up with another extra hundred million dollars. And I know for all of us sitting at home listening to this podcast, we're saying, hey, man, I'm going to take the hundred million and run. I get that. But we ain't NBA players. Okay, so don't try to operate from that mindset. Try to operate as if you're Draymond Reed and the opportunities in front of you and your career path. It's just something worth talking about, something worth a conversation. Not every conversation has to end in heated debate either, right? I think we lose some of that in the social media age. It's black or white. It's left or right. It's up or down. It's instant or never. It's okay to be in between sometimes. It's okay to not know until you learn more. And I've talked about this. It doesn't make you weak because your opinion changes. It doesn't make you weak because you don't have an instant Uh, instant gratification in terms of something to say, right? Our kids are growing up in the society where instant information, right? They have information on their fingertips or at their fingertips at all times. And so this age of instancy, it promotes this idea that our reactions and everything we do has to be instant. How many times in your life have you had to make a calculated decision that could not be done instantly? Let me give you some examples in case you're struggling. Buying a car, buying a house, What college do you want to go to? What high school do you want to go to? What's the best decision at the grocery store? What brand of diapers should I buy my newborn? I could go on and on and on. Okay? So just consider that as we move forward. It's okay not to be involved in the immediate trending topic. Be a part of the solution. Be a part of the conversation. But if you just want to be a part of the trending topic, you can get on out of here with that. 
because that's what most people want to be. They just want to be a part of the trending topic. They don't want to be a part of the actual conversation, let alone the solution, because that requires work. And we don't keep people accountable anymore because when stuff gets hard, they quit. It's easy to quit. We've enabled quitting. You don't like that? Go do this. Oh, that makes you feel bad? Try that. And I subscribe to the idea of providing options. But at a certain point in life, I don't care what you do, whether it's the thing you've wanted to do since you were five years old or the thing you didn't know you were going to do until you were 25 years old. There has to be a level of sacrifice and work ethic involved. You can't just quit. Not everything about the process is going to be beautiful. You want to own a restaurant because you love pizza and you love cooking those pizzas in the pizza oven, but you hate doing payroll. Guess what? That's part of the process. You're not going to love it, but that's part of the process. So you got to embrace that. This idea that I can just give up on it is garbage. Frankly, it's a bunch of trash and I don't buy that. You got to learn to embrace things you don't like in order to get things that you do like. That's important. Not everything is going to come at your fingertips the way you want it to happen. Trust me, I'm living proof of this. Okay? I'm living proof of this. We all are to some extent. Before we get into the Jeremy Lin and Carmelo Anthony dynamic, I just want to provide a couple shout outs, right? One is to Vince Carter, my man. Okay, we said timing on our terms is the episode of this podcast. Dude is entering his 22nd NBA season. To put that into perspective, Vince Carter was in the NBA before Zion Williamson was born. Yeah, okay, he's been around for a while. And Vince Carter isn't one of those guys who's hanging on by a thread. He can still contribute both on and off the court. Right, but the NBA has told him and he's told the NBA, hey, we're not done with each other yet. And this is important. We're going to get back to that in just a minute. The other shout out I got to give, and I have to do this. Okay. If you've been following me for any period of time, if you know anything about me, know this. The New York Mets, that is my squad. Okay. I'm a basketball junkie, but baseball, it's right up there. The New York Mets are the hottest team in baseball. It's got nothing to do with this episode. It's got nothing to do with the ultimate point, but I had to give a shout out to my boys. Have to. Got to recognize people while they're still here. Okay? People like to be appreciated. Somebody's telling a good job or doing a good job, tell them. Not to blow up their ego, but to just let them know, hey, man, I see you. Okay? So shout out to my Metsies. Good work, boys. Now let's get back to the timing on our terms. Let's get back to Jeremy Lin. Let's get back to Carmelo Anthony. Okay? As this month was about to unfold at the beginning of August. We got a video from Jeremy Lin. And what this video entailed, well, there was a lot. So let's unpack it. Okay. Jeremy Lin is coming off of a season where he just won an NBA title. Yes, I don't know how many people actually realized he was on that Raptors team, but guess what? He just won an NBA title. Okay, that's still more than Carmelo Anthony can say. So Jeremy Lin coming off an NBA title. This is a dude who has earned about 60 to $65 million gross in his NBA career from NBA salaries alone, closer to $65 million. And he's out here saying, my life is basically losing its purpose. 
And for a lot of us, we hear that and we see that and we just don't resonate with that. Jeremy Lin said it was like rock bottom. Seems to be getting more and more rock bottom for me. That's how he was describing free agency. He said it felt like the NBA has given up on him. Okay. Jeremy Lin, 30 years old. Okay. Jeremy Lin, 30 years old. This dude has most of his life out in front of him. And he'll be 31 at the end of this month or toward the end of this month. But most of his life out in front of him. He's made over $60 million gross in the NBA. And he's made he's made even more off the court. He can retire comfortably. He's defied the odds to get to this point. For many, if not all of us sitting here listening to this podcast, we can say, oh my God, what a success story. It's amazing. But for Jeremy Lin, he's worked his entire life to be here. And now it looks like he's leaving at 30 years old. Imagine working your entire life through high school, through college to get the diploma, get the degree, get the opportunity you want. And then for someone to say, you know what? You've had a good run. It's been about eight years since you've graduated. We're all done with you. And this is the reality that a lot of NBA players face in this. Okay. I know most people will see the money. They'll have no compassion. I truly understand how that can be a blind evaluation in this context. I do. I really do. Jeremy Lin is seeking validation. And the NBA has said, hey, we temporarily validated you, but now we're done with you. The NBA has told Jeremy Lin, hey, you've spent your whole life preparing for this, but you know what? We're done with you. That hurts, man. I don't care how much money you got or how much success you've had in the league. That hurts. But this is the reality most players face. They don't get the opportunity to define timing on their terms. It's decided for them. When a, when a professional athlete, especially an NBA player, gets to make the decision to retire, it's rare. That means they're walking away from somewhere where they're wanted. It's rare. Look at a guy like Jamal Crawford right now. The dude literally dropped 50 points in the last game of the regular season. Could still be a six-man off of any bench, and no team has given him a contract to date. Could he still play? Absolutely. Was Isaiah Thomas worthy of a max contract before that hip injury and that ten, the way his tenure ended with Boston? Absolutely. But the timing wasn't on their terms. And this is a huge part of the picture. And now you enter Carmelo Anthony. Okay, can we recognize the irony of this situation? I mean, really, can we step back and recognize the irony of this situation just for a minute? You have Carmelo Anthony, who has been, in my opinion, unfairly banished from the NBA, basically. Because I don't know that I agree with Kyle Kuzma, who said that half the NBA is not as good as Melo right now. It's a big number. The problem with Melo and Chauncey Billups, he said it beautifully. And he said, look, I've even said it to Melo. It's that there'll be nights where he scores 18 points, we win, but he didn't get his 25-30 and he's upset. There'll be nights where he scores 30, we lose by 20 and he's happy. Okay, Carmelo has been unable to be a star in a redefined role. 
Is it his fault entirely? No. Is he blameless? No. But when you have been asked to be the best player on your team and score the basketball for every team that you have been on since you can remember at the AAU level, and then in your mid-30s, you're asked to play an entirely different role, it is a challenge. Oh, by the way, do it at the highest level. It's a challenge. Okay? As a teacher, imagine, just to put it in another context, right? Imagine me saying, okay, I've taught this way for 20 years. I'm really good at it. It's what I've been asked to do. And now I'm going to be placed at a new school where they're asking me to teach an entirely different way and be just as just as successful from day one. Would those be realistic circumstances? And if you're sitting there shaking your head saying, well, probably not. Well, then consider that with Carmelo Anthony, because I think that's an important part of the story. These two guys, Jeremy Lin and Carmelo Anthony, they've been tied together for a while now, right? Going back to Linsanity. It's tremendous irony how strong the link is between the two of them. They're both experiencing the exact same problem, but in very different ways. In very different ways. And you've had so many people out here speaking on behalf of Carmelo. Right? The difference is Jeremy Lin was a star temporarily. For Lin Sanity, right? He was a star on the biggest stage for a very brief period of time. And if you remember, during that time, there were reports that Carmelo Anthony was not happy about Lin Sanity because it took the spotlight away. Whether that's true or not, it doesn't really matter. But they've been tied together for a long time. And so now for both of them to be experiencing this in a very different way, Jeremy Lin has embraced role player for a long time. Carmelo Anthony, he's never been given that opportunity. He kind of got it in OKC, but not really. And then for the Rockets, they gave him 10 games. Hey, man, we think you're going to be an important part of this team. We can't wait for you to contribute. But oh, by the way, you got 10 games to show us what you can do. On a brand new team with brand new teammates and a brand new role, you got 10 games. Okay, as a teacher, you got three weeks. You got a bunch of new students. You never met them before. You're teaching a new content area, new school, new this, new that. You got three weeks to show us what you got. Who operates in that environment successfully? Nobody. Absolutely nobody. So when you sit here and you really think about timing and life's timing, right? There's a lot of people out here who sit there and say, ah, man, if only the timing had lined up differently. Ah, man, couldn't I have met this person at that time? Oh man, couldn't I have got this opportunity five years ago? We don't choose timing. Timing chooses us. And I'm not sitting here saying be all spiritual and hokey pokey with it. You can create opportunities, but the timing of how things happen, that's not within your control. And that's a lesson that I'm trying to work on myself. Okay, I'm a person who wants to do everything at once, do it all right away and make it happen. It's not real. It's not realistic sometimes. It's just not. You can't force things to happen before they're ready to happen. Bottom line. Just like you can't force a window to be extended when it's ready to get when it's ready to be slammed shut. And that's the reality Jeremy Lin is facing right now. Because Jeremy Lin knows that he's got overseas offers, but if he he goes overseas, he knows he's not coming back. Once you go through door number 2, don't even think about door number 1 anymore. 
okay? And I understand that there's a hesitation on Carmelo Anthony, not only because of who he is, but the reality is he hasn't played NBA basketball in just about a year, and he's on the wrong side of 30. I get it. But you're telling me he's not even worth a, a look on a veteran minimum deal? Come on, man. Okay? Come on, man. Anthony Bennett is getting second, third, fourth looks in the NBA, and Carmelo Anthony can't get a sniff? It sounds a little funny. That's all. I'm not sitting here saying Melo should be in the league. I'm not sitting here saying Melo should be sitting at home. But I think that in terms of how he's been treated, it's not right. And he hasn't been able to choose his timing. And for the career that he's had, as divisive as it's been, right? Because you're either on Team Melo or not. There's very few in between. He should be able to choose his timing. This is not how it goes sometimes. And for the first time in his professional basketball career, Carmelo Anthony is experiencing what it feels like to play a different role. Jabari Parker spoke about this recently. When Jabari Parker signed with the Hawks, everyone kind of said, WTF, man, what are you doing? Right? From both sides, both from the player and from the team. But Jabari Parker said something interesting. He said, look, for many, many years, I've been asked to be the star of the team. And now with what I've gone through, tearing the same ACL twice, I've been asked to play every role on the team from the guy who's the first option to the guy who doesn't even get in the rotation. So now I can empathize with each one of these guys and the roles they're being asked to play. Mind-blowing stuff. Not really, though, because it just makes sense. When you are able to assume a role that you don't know about and actually live it out and understand what goes into it, you get a different appreciation for it, right? If you ever watch the show Undercover Boss, I've never watched an episode in my life. But the whole idea is that those people get an appreciation for what the people on the line do and how they contribute to the overall value. Okay? True collaboration isn't just everybody doing equal parts. Okay? You remember back in middle school, you said, oh, I got a three-page paper. I got three people to work on with me. Okay, we're each going to do three-quarters of a page. We'll be done. That's not it. What if one of your group members is a wonderful artist but who's a struggling writer? Can they create art for your words? Can they create illustrations for the story? And you, the successful writer but the terrible artist, right? You can write. They can draw. They can create. That's true collab. Not just splitting up the work, recognizing the talents of everybody and appreciating them. This is what I teach to my students. This is what we value. Is that, hey, you're a really great artist. Hey, you're, a really, you're really great with words. Hey, you know what? You're really great at articulating our mission. So we need all three of you to contribute to this. People like to feel appreciated and valued. Bottom line. Operate from a strength perspective, not from a deficiency one. In other words, look at people through the lens of their strengths and not through their deficiencies. You will be shocked with the results. Come back and tell me about them. I will give you this for free. Last thing I wanted to add before we get on out of here, because as always on Reteaching the Game, just a reminder, okay? You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You follow me on Twitter, at Ethan Noroff. But as always on Reteaching the Game, we leave you with something purposeful. And we're always under half an hour here. I got to respect your time. Most people don't have time for these long podcasts. I don't. So I'm I'm cognizant of that. I recognize that. But I got to leave you with something worth thinking about. We got news today that the NBA is embarking on a mental health initiative, right? 
This has been a big topic, not just in the NBA, but really in society. I spend day after day after day after day with my kids talking about mental health and wellness, self-love, self-care, positive self-images, right? Our society is transitioning to one that is fully fueled off of comparisons. And comparisons are learned, man. That's not innate. But everything we see on Instagram, on Snapchat, on Twitter, on Facebook, everything that's out in the world, we always compare ourselves to and our circumstances to. Can't do that. Because A, it's not real. And B, it is a dangerous headspace to operate from. It's very, very hard. You could have everything in the world that you ever wanted, but if you see somebody on social media who has something that you think you need, all of a sudden you're disappointed. We got to redefine wants and needs, man. Okay? We have we say too many things are in need. We have to redefine that and be better about that. So the NBA is embarking on this mental health initiative and I and I applaud them for it. It might be a little late, it might be a small first step, but it's a first step nonetheless. Okay? Just because you cannot see mental health and wellness like you can see physical health and wellness does not mean that it should be devalued or valued at a lesser rate. Because the kid who has a broken arm and comes to school with a cast and a Sharpie gets all the attention, everybody rushes over, wants to sign the cast, you know how it goes. But the kid who's suffering from depression who doesn't open his or her mouth and sits in the corner and doesn't say anything might not even get recognized. And if they have the verb and the capacity to stand up and say, you know what, this is what's impacting me right now. I'm just not in a good headspace because I'm dealing with this. Most people look at them like an outcast and that contributes to the stigma. That has to stop. It has to. Otherwise, we will never, ever live in a society, at least in my lifetime, where mental health and wellness are treated the way that they should be. When I take a sick day from work, it might be a physical illness, but it might be a mental health day. And I'm very clear about that. That's very real. Allow yourself the space to operate. Allow yourself to take a deep breath. The job that you're busting your ass for, if you vanish tomorrow, they'd replace you in two weeks. Why are you giving them everything and yourself nothing? These are questions that you can ask yourself. We all go through exercises like this. It is important to be honest. It is important to be vulnerable. And it's important to lead by example. Our future is going to be our future regardless. But if we can pass on lessons worth listening to, worth absorbing, and worth developing, and we can create better, more educated, more informed people capable of expressing their emotions and articulating their feelings, and we can redefine the conversation about what it means to be a man, I'm a strong man. I walk into the classroom, arms folded, everybody's mouths go silent. They look at me like I'm mad. I will never, ever sit here and define machismo by how much weight I can lift over my head, ever. Because that's not what it's about. And the sooner you recognize that true strength comes from within, the happier you will find yourself in the long run. Appreciate you guys. Episode 19, Timing on Our Terms. Reminder, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review. You can follow me on Twitter, at Ethan Noroff. Episode 20 going to be coming to you within the next week. And as always, until next time, we out.